we have a family farm in Okmulgee, Oklahoma. Our kids are involved and the grandkids are involved. Been here for a number of years and we grow wheat, corn, soybeans. And my son takes care of the livestock operation. He has a registered seed stock operation where he sells registered bulls and females, kind of scattered all over the country. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. So you guys stay busy. You're not ever lacking for anything to do. There's something to do all the time, every day. Yeah. You get up, walk out the door. You don't have to look around. There's work. When you look at your 2021 growing season, you know, this is really, and I kind of shared this with you earlier, this is more about just kind of looking at 2021 as a whole, some of the challenges that we had to go through. And then when you look at 2022, we've got a, a huge surge in fertilizer prices. And, you know, what are some of those things that we're trying to do to protect ourselves? So when you look at 2021, what do you kind of feel was really the highlight of your growing season? You know, it was an up and down growing season. We had a Wheat crop early on was looking excellent. And on April 21st, we had a, a hard freeze, which is at least two weeks later than normal for us. We were 26 degrees. According to the mesonet, we were below freezing for 10 hours. Now, that's highly unusual for us to be that cold that long that late. And yep. we had wheat heading. So it was a function of if it was an early variety that was heading, it damaged it to the tune of probably... 40 to 50 percent. If it was a later maturing, later heading variety, we kind of scathed by that with minimal damage and that wheat made in the 80s. So so it was an up and down deal on the wheat crop. And then corn crop, we were blessed, had a very good corn crop and like to never have gotten our double crop beans in. That's that's (laughs) part of our program is double crop bean behind wheat. So yep. it went raining the end of June about the time we got our wheat out. And for you guys up north, you're thinking, what are you doing planting a bean the end of June? <laughs> well, that's when we like to plant them because then we get through the July and August time frame I was telling you about earlier. Yep. And they're just kind of growing during that time frame. And then we try to make a fall crop when it rains and cools off in there. So we like to never got them in. It was over in July. And <laughs> then, then it quit raining. Yep. And so it's kind of a fluke deal, but the later they were planted, the better they were. I'm talking <laughs> oh, up to mid-July or even a little later. So it's, it's just kind of been an unusual year, but is there any normal anymore, Tyler? Yeah, yeah exactly. I know. We just, I just talked with Jerry about that as well. Like there's no, you know, we sit there and say, oh, you know what, Chris, next year's going to be more normal. Well, I don't remember a year that was normal, especially in the last 10 years that I've been doing this. So that's always interesting. I always love it. You know, up here in Iowa, we, you know, if we're planting beans, it's a replant situation, especially that late. And we always joke around that anytime you plant after June 22nd, you know, basically the soybean plant's going to come out of the ground with flowers already on it. Right. <laughs> so that's interesting that you're able to, you know, that, you know, much further South in Oklahoma that you're able to actually grow a good double crop of beans, putting them in the ground, you know, July 1st. So that that's interesting. So what would you say then, and I know that you've been kind of a part of the Better Way to Farm team and using some of the Conklin products for a few years now. Was there one or two things that you did different this year that you're kind of looking forward to taking into 2022? You know, we have been running 
intensify in the trench with our fertilizer when we're planting corn. So we're running six gallon of 318.18 down in the trench and we're sticking intensify right in there with it at that time. And then sometimes we'll get wet and cool, probably a lot like you guys Mm -hmm. in in the spring. We have found if we'll go back over the top of that when we're post-emerge spraying and we'll throw a dab of fertilizer in through 18-18 and another shot of Intensify, it's like that corn just grabs another gear. We have really come to like that program and feel like that has helped us. It gives it a shot in the arm and gets it moving. I'm going to have you dive in just a little bit deeper for for the people that are listening. So I know you've been using 318.18 for a while, but you mentioned that new product, Intensify. So what is that in your eyes and and why is that something that you've recently added? I know it might not have been this year. uh, That product's a few years old now, but what was it about that product that you said, yeah, I'm going to go in furrow with this and make that change? Well, I just think it's all about getting the corn plant up and out of the ground. The old adage, corn never needs to have a bad day. Right. The faster you can get it out of the ground, get it growing, and have it take on color and build a root system, the better off you are. And we feel like that has helped in that process. And And I feel like on down the road, then, it's helped us endure some dry spells that we'll have. I mean, in Oklahoma, you're almost always going to get dry at some time. <laughs> Right. And that's one of the things, you know, Intensify is that plant growth regulator. And anytime, whether you're using that plant growth regulator or whatever you're doing, that's the biggest thing is driving roots down. You know, that's how we, just like you just said this, anytime anybody's stressed with kind of that droughty condition in that July, August timeframe to have a bigger root mass, to have deeper roots, that's what's going to sustain that plant through those dry spells so that you can get to the next rain event. And you know this as well as I do, that it doesn't matter how good your fertility program is. If you don't get rain or any moisture at all for three months, four months, it doesn't matter. Like this isn't going to protect you from a complete and total disaster, but it's definitely going to help you in the times when you're lacking just a little bit and your neighbors are starting to suffer. This is something that you can do to kind of get through that so that you can get to that next rain event. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And it will work its best. And I'm talking, you know, the four or five time frame. It will work its best if you've been a little wet and a little cool. That's when you'll see the biggest advantage for pulling it on out of the hole and getting it going. Now, if you're bone dry and it's growing, maybe you back off of it at that time. But the little dab of fertilizer to kind of drive it into the plant and the other advantage we see is the, the control you get from your herbicide is just ramped up exponentially. I mean, you really drive those herbicides into the weed and get excellent control. So, I wanted to let you know about our farming forecast sweepstakes running January 3rd through January 5th. Go to a betterwaytofarm.com forward slash win to enter. This is one way we can give back to you by bringing you this special series of interviews plus the chance to win some cool prizes. Visit a betterwaytofarm.com forward slash win. Yeah, is, is that something that you think growers should be concerned about this year? Kind of as they look at inputs for 2022 is herbicide availability or even price? Absolutely. <laughs> Unless you stick your head under a rock here for the last yeah. 90 days, well, we're very yeah. well aware of that. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a very, very much a challenge. That's one of the things. That's one of the reasons why we wanted to do this episode is to kind of get the growers, the clients that we work with all across the Midwest 
and just get their insight on what they're doing to kind of handle that volatility. So you kind of talked about it a little bit, but when you look at 2022, I know you're making those decisions right now, or maybe you've already made them, but what are some of those things that you're looking at into 2022 to kind of handle that volatility and really ultimately kind of improve that efficiency or at least make sure that you're just not throwing money out the window on some of this stuff? Well, I guess right now we're weighing our options on this nitrogen pricing. Smokes, yeah. I wish that our tanks were full, but but I'm sad to say they're not. It kind of caught me a little bit off guard. Typically, you know, when we empty those tanks in June while dropping in on corn, then we'll wait till about this time of year and we'll refill them and start again. And that works nine times out of 10. This is one of those times it didn't work. It just continued to go up. I mean, I guess we're weighing our options, Tyler, to what we're going to do on corn acreage. Now, obviously, our wheat's in the ground, and we backed off of acreage a little bit on wheat, but but not anything big. Probably going to depend a lot on what things look like nitrogen-wise, price-wise, availability-wise, before we put corn seed in the ground. We'd like to have a little bit better feel for that. Yeah, and that's one of the things that, you know, especially as it relates to nitrogen, I'm not going to ask you to share the entire story and I'm not going to tell it, but we are at a pro-ag event, or at least I am anyway. I know you're at home down in Oklahoma, um, but you'll be attending a pro-ag program that we've got coming up. And that's one of the stories that that whoever's given the nitrogen section, I give the nitrogen section uh, this time and I probably will down in Oklahoma, but we share your story about the Guardian, the nitrogen stabilizer that you added from the Conklin company and how that was actually able to keep your nitrogen in the ammonium form to make it plant, it's still plant available. But when it's in that positive form, it still holds into the soil. It's not going to leach out. Now, if you're in a drought situation, then obviously, you know, you're not worried about it leaching through the soil. But sometimes in that study that you did, you did get excess rainfall. So utilizing the nitrification inhibitors like a Guardian product from the Conklin company, that's going to help make that nitrogen decision a little bit easier. I mean, you already understand efficiency and stuff. So, you know, that's one thing that I I know that you're already thinking about that a lot of the growers that might be listening to this don't know about or don't do. So I highly recommend getting to that next pro-ag training and figuring out a way to be more efficient. What would you say is that like that one thing that you are going to do or, or the growers that are listening to this, what's that one thing that you're going to say, look, guys, this is the deal. This is what I'm going to do because it's absolutely going to improve my bottom line for the 2022 growing season. And this is what you guys need to do. Well, you and I know uh, if you're in a wetter season and it, we're dry right now, but that can change on a dime. You know how that yeah. works. So if we get into a wetter spring, You can add 20% efficiency to your nitrogen usage rates, decrease them by 20% when you throw Guardian in. So, and then the other thing, we run two by two on the planter. Already had mentioned uh, the infra work that we did. And then we run two by two and we'll run nitrate on or nitrogen on both sides of the row, two by two by two. We'll start out with some in early on at planting. And then we come back in and wide drop the in at a later stage, you know, when weather's conducive and all, V6, V8 time frame. I think you just get more, more bang for your buck when you put it out there when the plant needs it rather than putting it all out early on and just wondering what's going to happen to it. To me, that's where the money's made. Uh, you need to look at high quality products. You need to look at placement, but split applying nitrogen 
and doing it in a way that makes your nitrogen more efficient, that's where you're saving money. When you look at a dollar a unit now for nitrogen, anytime we can cut back 20%, maybe it's you. I talked to the guy that, uh, yesterday and he's thinking about pulling 50 pounds out of his operation and that's 50 bucks an acre nowadays to be able to back that nitrogen rate down that much. And still, you know, he's going down to like from 200 pounds of nitrogen to 150 pounds of nitrogen with the Guardian stabilizer. That's some of the things that you can really, really fine tune to make sure that we're saving money and we're improving that bottom line for the 2022 growing season. Again, thank you and look forward to seeing you at the next Pro Lab. A better way to farm. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com.